You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Use podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. This is a, a little bit of an emergency edition of the show, as uh, we're here to, to discuss the, the Giants' decision on Friday morning to part ways with, with veteran cornerback Janoris Jenkins. And here to help me uh, break that all down, react to all of that, is good friend Patricia Traina. Patty, it's always something, isn't it? Yeah, you know what, Ed? This has been a really exhausting season. You know, when, I, I said to somebody earlier in the week, I said, there was very little talk about the next opponent. There's been very little talk about the upcoming game. It always seems to be something, some sort of drama. And when you reach that point... That's when you know things have really gone south. Yes, you do. And you know, Patty, I, I I had a feeling that that this was coming on you know, we saw this whole thing erupt on Wednesday, I think it was, with, with Jenkins, with with the tweeting from the locker room, with the use of the word retard in that tweet. And and yesterday with you know, I, I wasn't there yesterday, but I saw some of the video and he he just obviously didn't get it. He didn't he didn't get you know why that would be considered offensive to some people. So I'm not surprised at, at all that this happened today. How about you? I knew I had a feeling that it was going to happen. I didn't think it would happen this quickly because of the ankle injury, because it is a wave ankle injury type of situation. So it's a but with that said, I did not think Janoris Jenkins had a future with this team. Now, um, or if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, might they keep him given how the young cornerbacks were struggling? I said, well, there, there might be a chance. But, you know, we saw the dissatisfaction with how he was being used on, on defense. And then to add this to the to the mix, it was just it was obvious that Jenkins wanted out and that the Giants had no choice but to, to to send him packing. And now he got his wish. And, you know, you saw the tweets from him this morning just before the announcement came, how it was the best news and how he was happy. And y'all got what you wanted because you're all haters or whatever exactly he said. So, no, this is not a surprise to me. And, you know, it's a, it's unfortunate is what it is. Yeah, it is unfortunate, Patty. And, and, and now look. I think if you remember back a couple of years ago with Jenkins and the the run-ins that he had with Ben McAdoo, you know, not showing up after the bye week and nobody knew where he was, which led to him being suspended and then having his effort questioned, you know, in, in some instances down toward the end of the season. I'm the first one to admit 
when it comes to Janoris Jenkins, I'm not objective because I called for him to be cut from the Giants two years ago. I've been surprised that through this whole changeover with Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer, I've been surprised that he is the veteran player who has lasted and survived. I mean, be, be honest with me, you know, with, with all that's gone down with him, are, have you been surprised as, as I have, you know, that he's the guy who until today was still there? I am, Ed. I mean, I know why they kept him. They had a lot of young guys and they were hoping that, you know, Jenkins might, I guess, be distracted in a good way by showing these young pups how to do the job and how to, you know, learn and study and everything like that. I think that might have been part of their thinking, but I am surprised because Jenkins has had a history where when things have gone south, he has acted up in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, if you had said to me at the start who of Damon Harrison, Jenkins, and Olivier Vernon would have lasted, I would have said probably, you know, Vernon, because Vernon was always the, you know, the most quiet of the bunch. Um, I would have put Jenkins as the first to go, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I am surprised that he lasted as long as he had. Yeah, and for me, I mean, as much as, you know, we we can debate the, the social ramifications of, of the use of, of the word that he used and, and all of that, but for me, you know, from the football sense, I always thought it was the Giants kind of tried to prop Jenkins up as the leader of this group. I always thought that was sort of an odd choice. Maybe it was just what they had to do. And for me, this is just as much about you know, removing a guy who might lead some of their young corners, their young defensive backs, you know, down the wrong path, especially since this whole thing happened during a practice session when he wasn't supposed to be on social media to begin with. And, you know, to me, that's that's a really egregious part of this as well. It's not just the word that he used. And I think a lot of it for me is about is about making sure these young players get the right message. Well, Ed, let me clarify that because I've seen you mention that several times and Jenkins did explain what happened with the timing of the tweet. Apparently, he he wrote the tweet in an area of the building when he, I I guess maybe he was in the trainer's room. I believe he said he was in the trainer's room and the reception back there was not very good. So when he came out of the trainer's room and into the locker room, he put his phone on a charger and that's when the tweet went out. So the timing, I didn't have so much of a problem with the timing. I mean, quite frankly, though, if it were up to me, I would tell all the players, don't tweet while you're in the building. But the timing isn't as big of an issue. The issue here is he could have just said to the person, look, I'm doing my job and left off the word. You know, he didn't have to add that that little dig at the person. Um, so, so that's the whole thing. And then I think he compounded that by the shallow apology and just really, you know, he sat there apologizing, but you never got the impression that he understood why he was apologizing. And that's probably what was most disturbing is that after having the talk with Pat Shermer about why it wasn't appropriate to use that language, he still didn't get it. And the Giants at that point, you know, look, they've had a lot of bad publicity because of how the season has turned out. And at that point, they basically said, you know what? We're moving on from this guy anyway. We might as well do it now. Yeah, Patty, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, I, I think you're right. I think, I don't, I don't think Jenkins would have been a giant next year anyway. Just looking ahead to the offseason, 
I, I know you told me off air that you double checked these numbers. Just tell us a little bit about the cap ramifications of this move. I don't think doing it now changes the numbers at all or changes them all that dramatically. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Basically, the Giants, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they they are going to save, I want to say, $11.25 million on the 2020 cap. Now, Jenkins was in the final year of his contract in 2020. The base salary would have been $10.15 million, and then he had a roster bonus of a million and a workout bonus of 100000 So really, um, this gets treated like a post-June 1st transaction, which means that the remaining three point five million on his prorated signing bonus will accelerate into the twenty twenty cap. So it wouldn't have really mattered when they cut him because he was in the final year of his deal. But if, for example, he had had two years left, then it would have mattered because next year there is no post June first designation. Any players that are cut, their signing bonus is gonna or their prorated signing bonus is going to accelerate into twenty twenty. That because it is the final year of the current CBA. All right, Patty, final question really about this as we do a pretty quick show just to to make sure that that we react to this uh, to the Janoris Jenkins news. Pat Shermer referred to this as an organizational decision. You know, he had said on Thursday that he had spoken to Jenkins that he told Jenkins it was inappropriate, you know, all of those things, but I'm just wondering when 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 Shermer says organizational decision I don't read anything into this as far as the futures of Shermer and Dave Gettleman. And I think, I mean, for people, for anyone to do that, is that sort of a bridge too far to, to, re, to try to read into the futures of the coach and the GM? Yeah, I, I- I think it is, Ed. I mean, I, I don't think it really has anything to do with their future. I think in the case of Pat Shermer, I have a really, really hard time seeing any way they can bring him back after everything that has happened and hasn't happened. Gettleman, I do think he gets another year, um, you know, because I think it's even though the results haven't been there, you have to just kind of see. You know, give him another year to put, you know, add more draft picks to, to make some some tweaks to that roster. But, you know, here's a scary thing, Ed. Sterling Shepard is now the longest tenured player on the roster. If you take away Eli Manning and Zach Diossi, who both won't be here next year. I mean, think about it. Sterling Shepard came in 2016. That's how much turnover this roster has had. And I often make this comparison because I think it's true. Given the turnover this team has had, it's almost like an expansion team. All right, because there's been really no stability on the roster because, you know, you have a coach and a GM who have wanted to bring in their own guys. And when the coach doesn't you know, get the most out of what he's got, it it just sets you back. And, And I just... Gettleman's going to get another year. I would be stunned if he doesn't. But Shermer, I think the time has run out on him. Yeah, I, I think you and I agree on the uh, you know on, on Shermer. I'm still you know, and and I also agree to an extent when it comes to uh, when it comes to to Dave, when it comes to his future. I think that if you're going to argue that there are players that have been brought into the roster who aren't being maximized then I think you have to give him another year to continue you know to try to build this and and bring in another coach I mean with that said 
with that said, there's always for me the the reputation that Dave has, and and the thing that I can't put my finger on is whether there are coaching candidates out there that the Giants might want who you know for for lack of another way to say this who who actually wouldn't work with Dave. That remains to be seen. I mean, look, the Giants have had a structure in place since the days of George Young, where the GM has the final say on personnel decisions. The coach has a heavy say, but I don't think the coach necessarily has the final say, at least in my research, that's how, what, what I've come away with. So yeah, nowadays you have a lot of coaches who come in and say, look, I want to run the team with my guys and I don't want to have to really answer to someone. But but see, here's the problem you face. Now you get somebody who's doing the GM role, and it's just too much. I mean, very few guys can do it successfully. Bill Belichick is a great example of who has done it successfully. But, you know, otherwise you look around the league, you have a good GM and, and head coach combination on some of these more successful teams. You know, down in, in, in Baltimore, for example, out in, in uh, San Francisco, out in Seattle. So I don't know, see the Giants, you know, to get an, an ideal coach like a Jim, uh, like a Harbaugh, for example, I don't see them saying, "Okay, here, here are the keys to the kingdom. Do whatever you want." I, I just don't see that. I think they're going to have to get a coach who is on the same page with Gettleman. And and you know, here's the other concern though I have about that is that we don't know how much longer Dave Gettleman is going to be in his post. We would like to think that the next head coach is going to be around for a number of years. So what happens if when Gettleman does retire or leaves for whatever reason, now are we back to this whole piecemeal thing? That's why this whole scenario, this whole setup just doesn't make sense. But, you know, unfortunately this, this is what I think the giants are going to do. Messy times with the giants, Patty, messy times, the Janoris Jenkins news, the big news of the day. Giants fans, as always, we thank you for listening. Patty, I thank you for joining us. And uh, Patty, I will see you on Sunday when there's actually a game to talk about. Exactly. We'll see you then. All right. Thank you, Giants fans. Bye-bye now.